we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. <laughs> I don't think we own them. I don't think that's the case, my friend. I know you're kidding on that. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, but also as well. Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. The latest news and trends include the weekend at the box office, Super Mario RPG, and of course, Black Friday deals coming at you. We go ahead and talk about it. So please go ahead and check out Josh and I on this week's Pop Culture Cosmos starting on Monday when it drops, talking the great stuff going on in the world of pop culture. Plus also as well, go ahead and join us for lakerholics.com go ahead and check out the guys today laker you know laker tops happy when they win doesn't matter how many they win by one or by a hundred he's always happy when the lakers win and as the number one lakers blogger he's going to tell you why along with jamie sweet and his five things articles they may not be so kind in the five things on this win but Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom are always there at you at Lakerholics.com. Don't forget Joe Soro. He is probably not going to stop by today. I don't know. Actually, he got the link, so if he can, he'll stop by. But you know what he's doing during the course of the week. He owns a great company called Symblates, Symblates with a Y.com. And you know people are shouting him and shouting at him as Ox1947 at Lakersball.com. Join our good friends, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Empire Jeff TV, Lakers and Five, and the John McCainlian channel today. Go ahead and subscribe to them on YouTube. And speaking of subscribing, click on the Little Joe. Because even if the Little Joe or the Big Joe is not here, the Little Joe is always there for you right there in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. Go ahead and click on it today to subscribe. Be part of the over 1,130 subscribers that are now part of the Lakers Fast Break family. And if you do, you'll be glad you did. Well, the Lakers coming back home after a good win needed to go ahead and double that up with the Lakers coming in at a 7-6 record. They need to go ahead and create some distance between them and the 500 line. And that started hopefully tonight in a matchup against the Houston Rockets and the first quarter, which has been a bugaboo for the Lakers all season long, continued and you know, as the frustrations on our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break, watch it. Party suggested there was a lot of people frustrated by, again, the Lakers getting off to a sluggish start. But the Lakers coming back with a strong third quarter. After halftime, adjustments were made. But really what it comes down to it is the, the defense. The defense, I think, was the key. I know that in the past, recent past, well, heck, it was this morning when Rodell says we're an offensive-minded podcast on this show. We always talk about the numbers. We always talk about this and that. Yet he doesn't hear when we ever talk, we talk about defensive inability, defensive rotations that are not done, defensive this, defensive that. Well, the Lakers today, despite their awful shooting from the outside at 20%, 6 of 29 from three-point area, 47% all and overall and 72% from the free throw line. Not exactly great to write home about, but it was a defense. Defense held firm on many occasions, forced a lot of turnovers on the offensive end for Houston. 18 turnovers to be exact. 
and the Lakers with a strong third quarter really started to create some distance, but unfortunately in the fourth quarter reeled a lot of it back for Houston and Houston got brought it down to a tie game in the closing seconds, even after a late heroic three by Austin Reeves. But it was one LeBron James with just a couple seconds left, bringing the ball in, getting fouled, his jersey being tugged by his arch nemesis, 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 Dylan Brooks. And he did hit the one free throw to go ahead and get the Lakers the win, 105 to 104. And here today to go ahead and discuss the Lakers' defense, which was the key to today's victory indeed. Good man, you got to go ahead and check him out anytime he's here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and be a great part of our wall-to-wall coverage from pregame to postgame. It is the magic man, Sean Grice, the best part of the Lakers Fast Break. Magic Man, great to have you back as always, my friend. You are the man, myth, the legend amongst all of our crew out there. The best Lakers chat room that's out there in the Lakers Fast Break. Your thoughts on tonight's game? Again, very sluggish on the offensive end. There were times where it clicked, rotations, people moving on offense, ball moving on offense, sharp, crisp passes. But that was few and far between because we saw mostly jagged shooting, terrible from the outside. But you know what? The defense, led by Cam Reddish, was really, for the most part, a great reason why we brought it home tonight. When you got nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, do not watch a Lakers game. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. And then, oh, Rodell says bad from three. I just summed that up. Yes, Rodell. Yes. Bad from the three point area. 20%. Yeah. Outscored, outscored by 24 by, by Houston. We know, we know Rodell. We watched the game, man. Yes. Uh, Gerald. Yes. I mean, we, uh, if you were a Laker fan pounding whiskey and uh, Pepto-Bismol shots tonight, I don't blame you on consecutive possessions because it was like Gerald was saying, this was not a, this was not a Sunday drive. This was a drive down a dirt road with no windshield wipers. I agree. I agree. It looked ugly. It, it was, it ugly, was ugly. It was yeah. ugly from the start. Uh, look, I, it's hard to know what's going on right now in the first quarters. I mean, my God, if if we knew, we would let the Lakers know. And if, if the Lakers knew, God knows they would try and cure what ails them there. But the fact is, Gerald, is that they were running some pretty good sets early on. Um, a lot of uh, off picks. And uh, dives into the paint, you know, very reminiscent of a Princeton offense, yet for some reason, inexplicably, him decided not to run that anymore, and we got bogged down in a lot of, again, isolation and and high pick-and-roll garbage. And there were just spots where, like, the Lakers did not pick up the intensity drilled. I mean, we won the game. I'm satisfied with that whether you went by a point or 40, at least they got two in a row now. The fact remains, though, is that this game was not easy, and you made it harder on yourself when you're up by seven and then you get outscored 
28 to 13 for the rest of the quarter. And you got to come uphill and make a valiant effort in the second quarter to get back in the game. And you shoot yourself in the foot with a, a couple of bad possessions offensively, bad rotations, and it usually ended up in either uh, a Freddie three or a Dylan Brooks three or a Jabari Smith three, Gerald. Um, overall, I didn't feel that... Uh, it's not as if the medal wasn't in this game. They had the medal at the end. AD fouled out, uh, and they found a way to commit to defense. And look, there's only so much you can do without Perrin Shingun now. Outside of Tyrese Maxey, uh, Perrin Shingun is the most improved player in the NBA. Gerald, without question, offensively and defensively. And there's only so much you can do with him in the low post. He's very skilled. He's very long. He understands what his strengths are, and whether he's it was not the AD, defensive pushover he once was. He's not. He's not. And at times, it when AD got in the in the best position possible in the low post, he dominated Shangun Drill. But you're right for the most part, he is not a mannequin or a stiff out there anymore defensively. He's got very much improved as a positional defender. I still think that there are issues, though, along the perimeter. The Lakers do – the rotations are still not a great because we saw the Rockets have clean looks from outside on several occasions. And then, as as Darren noted in the Super Chat, thanks again. Truly appreciate the Super Chat. They got often caught uh, on switches where down low you saw either Alperin or Dylan Brooks posting up on either D'Lo or Austin, which is a recipe for disaster, and it usually was the case. But they were still, when the when Rockets tried to go ahead and initiate their offense, the Lakers had swarming hands, and obviously it led to a lot of steals. And Cam Reddish, again, because you know we were called out on a, as being an offensive-laden podcast, which absolutely is incorrect and probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard on this show as far as that was sent to me. I don't want to say who said that, but it rhymed with Yodel. But I will say this, though. When it comes to the defense, we constantly preach the rotations. Not quite there as of yet, but the hands going inside You're with the Lakers' length are really reaching in. They're getting the turnovers. And tonight, they couldn't hit a pee in the ocean again from three-point land, but they used that for transition and fast break points and also as well Going to the free throw line, which is where there's what's their big advantage tonight was the big disparity in free throws, like it was last year. Absolutely, Gerald. Yeah, uh, plus 19 tonight. Uh, Houston only shot uh, 10, Lakers shot 29. Uh, but at, in the end, Gerald, 11 of those 13 steals were about the starters. The only starter, uh, I believe, who did not have a steal was Torian Prince. Yes. Um, but don't so, even, we'll get started on Torian Prince oh, a little bit later. Yeah, in the yeah. But uh, yes, great length and uh, good, good on everybody for understanding that. You know, at you know, without like Freddie, Freddie is a true point guard. But without Freddie on the floor, Dylan Brooks is a little can be a little loosey goosey with the ball. Gerald Jalen Green doesn't have a discipline. Well, they don't have another option. Exactly. Him. Exactly. Jalen Green doesn't have a disciplined dribble driving into the paint. So absolutely, Gerald was right. And good on Cam Reddish and D'Angelo Russell for recognizing that. And as Gerald said, it was a swarm. It was it was a lot of wasp 
defense as far as grab trying to grab loose balls in the paint. Now, while the the offensive rebounding uh, again reared its ugly head, the fact is is that I saw a little bit of improvement as far as positions go. But again, it's 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 all about effort and, and energy, and we're still lacking there. But for the most part. Gerald, that swarming defense really helped us out. It, it led to uh, it led to transition opportunities, and they took advantage. That they did. That they did indeed. That's the where the Lakers won last year. Magic Man was when they utilized their transition game. When they utilized going to the free yeah, throw line. Gerald, and and, and absolutely. And we were one of the first. We were one of the first um, broadcasts, Gerald, that talked that talked about that. That preached it. You, you in particular, preached it that this team is not going to be very good shooting. So, what can they be very good at? Playing sound defense and getting transition opportunities off that defense. So, for somebody to come along and say, "Well, you guys only talked about offense," that's absurd. This last year alone is proof that this this particular Lakers channel brought a lot to the table when it talked about the Lakers trying to take advantage of those transition opportunities. And tonight was a perfect example. Absolutely. So again, the Lakers do win 105 to 104. It is the magic man, Sean Grice to meet Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for joining us and watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Lakers fan 24, too many turnovers, right? 17 to 18. So the Lakers didn't do too much better on the turnover front. They did turn the did they, they did uh force the other team to commit a lot of turnovers which is good but unfortunately like you said committed too many offensive fouls uh too much to, in that you know as far as our half court offense you're right lakers fan 24 is just very ragged it's not very smooth there's not there was only a few times i noted on the broadcast on playback.tv saw sacred fast break magic man the times and you could count them on that one hand where there was movement Movement either man or the ball, which led to actual scores, Magic Man. Notice the concept. That's something we often don't see a lot in the Lakers offense, either a lot of man movement or a lot of ball movement. And when it happens, it's usually a plus for the Lakers side of the ball. 100% chilled um, for a team that only had uh, six fast break points and uh you know, mustered 18 points of turnovers. They had to manufacture offense somehow, and they did it in the half court. And then, and specifically, as you said, when they saw when when they saw when LeBron saw an opportunity that uh, the center wouldn't hold, he attacked. He attacked Gerald, and others fo- followed as well. Reese started attacking when the center wouldn't hold after he saw LeBron do it. Rui decided that he was going to attack as well. So it, it was a co- it was a combination of, you know, basically LeBron willing us by by basically forcing our offense down our own throats. Basically, yeah. we're just going to attack. We're just going to attack because the Lakers were three of fifteen from three at half and one of eight to start the second half. It was not a good good look at all. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, manufacturing offense is just it gets bogged down with this team. And Gerald, we scored 105 points. We averaged 112. We were, again, a middling offensive team tonight. Um, Houston didn't play well enough for the, it should have been a one point score. 
and the Lakers made it harder for themselves, but we got a victory, Gerald, and you know what? We'll take it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the cell phone copy. version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky <laughs> has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. <laughs> something like that you can find that version already if you really want to that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts once again it is the lakers fast break the lakers do win 105 to 104 got to give credit to houston again this is a team on the rise that maybe their time is not now uh, as we spoke to Frank from the chop shop earlier on the pregame, but it's getting close. My friend, I mean, they, they leave Los Angeles with two one point losses, I think on the, on the slate, as far as that's mm-hmm. with the hard shot, put them mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I they, mean, they, Gerald, yeah. they played both LA teams really well. Yeah. I mean, Gerald, one thing we know about them at this point, whether or not it continued, the, the level of skips continues is that they've improved so much that they've become a fourth quarter team. They become one of those young fourth quarter teams. They have one of the best net ratings overall in the NBA, Gerald. I think even after tonight, they'd still be top 10. Whereas you look at a young team like the Orlando magic, Gerald, they're, they're plus one in net rating in the first half, but in the second half, they're, they're one of the worst teams ever. Um, on pace right now. So the Rockets are keeping themselves in games because of fantastic coaching, uh, good scheming and timely shots. Um, look, Udoka, uh, would you agree with Frank that Udoka is a top five coach in the NBA, Gerald? So far for what we've seen, yeah, I mean, the results are there. I mean, yeah. How far did he take Boston? And yeah. then, you know, he gets fired for, Whatever he got fired for is, you know, you can check out. I guess you could quibble about the number, but let's just say he's in the top. He's in the top 10% of NBA coaches without a doubt. And you see what he's doing right now at Houston. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that this happened. So. Absolutely. So uh, that being said, Gerald, uh, I just felt LeBron willed us to victory tonight. He just, again, not to put too big a point on it, but Frank had emphasized that he thought LeBron would be engaged in this game more so than 
say, a regular Sunday night game against Houston if they hadn't have lost by 34. And Gerald had also echoed those same sentiments during playback when he said, well, he has to. He has to play gauged because... And he actually played some defense, some defense. And he stepped out and challenged shots sometimes on the defensive end. Yes, he did. Which is not normal for him. No. So it was it was obvious that the, uh, this was uh, mentally this was of significance to LeBron. Absolutely. Especially after they were humiliated, like you said, in last week. And I will say, though, that it's great to see the Lakers finally get back off the schneid against Houston. They do win 105 to 104, but so much on LeBron, John. We talked about this again. Joe pointed out during the course of the, the summer, pointed out in the preseason. I know he was in our chat earlier, the best Lakers chat room that's out there, Lakers fast break. And he did point it out. LeBron you're going to, if you, it's like a candle, you cannot burn the candle at both ends at 38 years old, going to turn 39. You're going to get what you're going to get now, but you know, can you really expect 37 points in 40 minutes, 37 points, eight assists, six rebounds, three steals, and only two turnovers in 40 minutes, my friend, and two, three pointers on top of that. Yeah. Gerald, plus he's either scored or assisted on the, 14 of the Lakers' last 15 points. Only Austin Reeves scored a free throw that wasn't off. Lakers fan, I can tell you why he was guarding Sengun is because, you know, when it comes down to those crucial moments, those hero moments, that's what he wants. He tells the coaches that he wants that. I can tell you right now, LeBron knew it was going to Sengun and he wanted to take that challenge. I really can tell you right now that that's the kind of, I didn't say it was the right thing. I'm just telling you it's what he wants on that defensive end in that last moment. Right, Sean, he loves, yeah. he loves those kind of superstar type moments where he wants to go ahead and be the hero. Yes, he does. Gerald. Yes, he does. hundred um, percent. So it would have been LeBron saying, yes, I'll take Shingoon hundred yeah. percent. No doubt. And he'll probably say as much in, uh, in his post game comments as well, Gerald, if they ask him. Yeah, and but Shingun, give him all the credit in the world. He is someone that's on the rise. Like Magic Man, you caught on to his talent early on. And 11 to 16, 23 points and 10 rebounds for him. Things are looking a lot better. But again, it all came down to a final play, Magic Man. And you know what? I'm going to give him credit where the credit is due. You know, I know we are hard on Ham on the show. I know our audience is hard on Ham quite a bit. And you could, there's things you could pick apart about Ham on today's game. But you know what? The one thing I'm going to, especially the challenge, and I'm going to agree with everybody in the chat room as far as that challenge that uh, was, you know, obviously not overturned so that the Lakers lost their ability to challenge. Yeah, that was not probably a wise decision to make. But especially because that AD fouled out later on on something that you probably could have challenged and you probably would have got overturned. But be that as it may, the one thing I do want to credit him, and Joe actually credited him earlier in the chat, was that final play that was drawn up. Tie game, just a few seconds left. LeBron had a nice seal on on uh, Dylan Brooks, Brooks. Forcing Dylan Brooks behind him to where Dylan Brooks had no choice but to grab his jersey and cause a foul. That, I thought, was a great play that was drawn up. It shows that he can drop good plays when needed to call upon. Now, Cam Reddish in the corner for three. 
that's not exactly the greatest thing in the world. So it's still uh, up in the air, whether you want to call him a great tactician or whatnot. But you know what? Get the ball to LeBron and let him do this thing when it's just a close game like that. I think they're learning their lesson. Uh, their three-point plays, the three-point shot, just to see how much they're struggling, that tells you right there that they need to go ahead and just focus in on just getting two points when they need it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just watch, watch the ball go in the hole. Uh, preferably if you can get it in there inside the paint that that that's our bread and butter right now i mean that threes are going to come and go Gerald, especially with us i just it you, falling in love with them early just means you're just going to have to fall eventually fall in that damocles late in the game tonight it was a different story he made adjustments in the second half and like you said give him credit where credit is due he deserved flowers for that last plate. It uh, it managed to secure Lakers win, and that's all that matters. So before we get to the bad in Torian Prince, because I really want to go ahead and break this down, because I know Torian Prince is going to be the source of much discussion over the next couple of days, Sean. Anthony Davis, despite fouling out, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, still 4 turnovers. He's a turnover machine. It's not that good for him on that, but... You know what? Another ho-hum performance for him. 27 points and 10 rebounds, my friend. I think sometimes we take it for granted when he has a steady game like that. But those are good stats, my friend. But it's just the fact that on the floor, he was able to go ahead and shoot efficiently. I think when they got him the ball, they were able to go ahead and make sure that he was in a place to execute. That I liked the most out of AD's game today. Yeah, hundred percent, Gerald. I mean, you know, it's um, it's it's six five four now. He's had fifteen turnovers over the past three games, but if if you look at the stats, Gerald, ironically, his his turnovers aren't up that much, actually. Okay, it's it's just maybe some of the eye test seems that we've had a he's yeah, had a bad game. I get it, I get it. But believe it or not, his uh, his assists are up, which yeah. uh, is uh, is making up for a lot of the. The inefficiency with the, his mid-range and um, three-point shooting, but yeah, it, like the turnovers need to be kept down. He's 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 having these games where he'll go, you know, a five-game stretch here where he might turn the ball over ten times, and then, like you said, he'll he'll have a stretch where it's four, five, three, six. So I, I you'd love to be be a little bit more consistent. That being said. I thought his defense was pretty good tonight, um, more engaged. Um, again, you know, AD can't babysit our guards if they fail to rotate or have trouble rotating. Um, there were a couple There were a couple actually good scenarios I think they can use in film room drilled. Um, one was when uh, AD was in the low post and he got moved out and – Austin Reeves was left alone, Gerald, and LeBron had to duck in and help him on the double. And as you noted, LeBron actually made him hear about it on the way back as if to say, you know, there aren't any babysitters out here. You need to be able to check your man or communicate that something has gone wrong. And, you know, I, I think for the most part, it's slow. Like I said, it's slowly turning around this Again, was another pretty good defensive performance. I mean, they gave they gave up a lot of open threes, but Houston only scored 104 points. So, yeah, hats off to the defense tonight. Absolutely. 
Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Chuck Rice. Meet Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. It's the Lakers squeaking out a victory 105 to 104, not letting them crash and burn against the Rockets today. I do want to point out that I did like the fact that Hashimura got twice as many shots as he's been taking in the past few games. He got 11 shots up, uh, actually 10 shots up, I'm sorry, and 11 points. Wasn't exactly the most efficient because he was 0-4 from 3, but the fact that he is getting those opportunities, I wish Christian Wood in his 18 minutes got more opportunities because he was a donut for today. But you can see that the effort was trying there to try and get Rui more involved in the offense. Yes. I, I, you know, the his shot was a little his shot was a little off. Uh, you know, I know the percentage doesn't look good, but to me, Gerald, he just missed some shots he normally makes. Yeah. It happens. But yeah, the good looks. Uh, thought he played well tonight outside of the shooting percentage. Um, he was all over. He was really passing the ball well, Gerald. Um, also added a couple steals as well. Uh, so, I, I mean, I guess Hans finally got with the program and decided that, yeah, if I give Rui Hashimura, <coughs> excuse me, Gerald, if I give Rui Hashimura, you know, anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes, I'm going to get not only activity, but productivity. And yeah. It shows like I, I think 32 minutes tonight. Just to let you yeah, know. I don't think you need uh, the horses out of the barn here. I don't think you need to rein them in anymore. Just please play them as much as possible. Um, Gerald, we're definitely going to need them on, on either Tuesday or Wednesday night with that with that back to back coming up. I agree because you cannot play LeBron 40 minutes a game in both those games. That's going to kill and, you. And, and you know what? It's about it's about damn time for Jared Vanderbilt to make his season debut. I mean, I'm not sure whether it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday, but yeah, you, we can't keep running LeBron into the ground here. We need reinforcements. And we will let you know what the status of Jared Vanderbilt is once we get a better idea and clarity on exactly when that is at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or on our daily shows right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Please join us every single day. You'll follow us. Go, you'll go ahead and you'll know when exactly they're coming back. So definitely a great thing to see. But 105 to 104, the victory for the Lakers. I do want to also, before we get into a big discussion on Torian Prince and his spot or possible future spot in the rotation, Austin Reeves, steady game, 17 points, plus nine, uh, six assists. Um, just kind of really was steady force today. Again, still picked on a little bit on the defensive end because they found him on rotations, especially Sangoon at times, but also especially covering on the perimeter. Left, uh, left. Often he was supposed to guard Brooks, and he, Brooks was wide open for several three-pointers. But, uh, you know, on the offensive end, moving on to his side that he knows better, he wasn't forcing the action. He was letting the game come to him, and I think it worked out better this way in 25 minutes. Really solid effort today. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Um, kind of let the game to come to him. was relaxed for the most part, and hopefully it, it means uh, uh, progress in the future, Gerald. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing if he can continue that, coming off the bench, that steadiness. Uh, uh, he did. <laughs> The matchup between LeBron and Dylan Brooks again, they were fighting for everything. You can still see there's a lot of bad blood there. In fact, you know, 
in the first, I cannot still believe that they gave LeBron that technical. That was so weak, Magic Man. Just a little tap on the chest to Brooks. And just because they know the reputation between those two, they got to call it. That to me, I think is, you know, it's it's times like that when you just say to yourself, come on, just talk to the guys and let them, they'll just be fine. It just absolutely yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, that's that's intervening in in uh, an impinging manner, Gerald. You don't need to intervene in that situation. Those are grown men. It, <laughs> we know their history. Just let them bark at each other and be done with it. One player, though, that is making a big imprint on the season with his defense, which we have noted on for several occasions. In fact, all season long since he got on, his surprisingly, got into the rotation early and often, even before he found any semblance of his offense, was Cam Reddish, my friend. Cam Reddish, up in, coming into today's game in the month of November, Mike Trudell posted it on Twitter, 21 steals, and he got another three tonight. He was absolutely, his arms in the key, he's reaching all over the place and getting steals. People trying to pass through him or pass over him, He's getting that ball knocked down and in transition. Your thoughts on Cam Reddish? Again, the offense is not smooth. Anybody who tell me who, you know, as we were, I know we were talking about, are you convinced yet, Gerald? Are you convinced yet? No, I'm not convinced on his offense. And I don't think I will be for quite some time. I think it was Darren saying that the other day. Like, I'm not convinced on his offensive game yet. And we saw that today. But defensively, he can still make a imprint with his switching capability, his long arms and his athleticism to be able to guard pretty much at times effectively one through five. Uh, yes, Gerald, one through five indeed. Um, not only that, he has a very important skill set that uh, you'll need uh, if you want to win a championship. He is able to create... Offensive possessions off deflections, steals, blocks. He's a triple threat defensively. Not only that, he. Oh, this is the this is the fifth straight game, Gerald. We have seen him do the following: the Lakers will score a basket. Four players will drop back. If you're not paying attention, Cam Reddish is a rogue. He's a rogue shark. He will wait along the key, Gerald, and along the nail. And he will find a way, if you're inattentive and not paying attention, to steal the ball. It's a very it's a very unique skill and something you're going to need in the playoffs to create uh, possessions. Fantastic defensive player. I agree. Needs to work on the offense still. But, Gerald, he is progressing. He is still a project offensively, but there are good signs pointing towards the fact that Gerald, he's not stiff and scared now if the three-point shot isn't there. He could put the ball on the flooring, create for himself or for others. Now, that is also a work of progress as well because at times he gets, like Gerald said, he feels himself up a little too much and takes threes he shouldn't be taking or... Uh, takes his eye off the ball when he's driving instead of actually looking at the rim. That can happen. But I like what I see so far, Gerald. You know, I've eaten my crow. It's digesting. We have all, well. Rodell. You know what, Rodell? I know we're hard on you on the show, but we're going to give you the credit for saying that because we will set it that too. 
we've been eating crow on reddish i did not want reddish on this team i saw when people were tweeting that out there because all they were showing was his highlight dunks and all that's all they saw was the highlight dunks thinking oh cam reddish would be great on the lakers as he was bouncing from team to team to team to team and i thought man this guy is on his way playing out of the league but you know what he still knows he's got some rough edges when it comes to the offensive end, but he is doing something he didn't do in Atlanta or New York or Portland. He is playing defense, and he knows if he's going to stay in the league, that's what's going to be his meal ticket for some time to come. Absolutely, Gerald. I, I mean, to be fair, Cam Reddish. We all, Rodell, we all were wrong on Reddish. Yeah, he literally is a diamond in the rough. He's both a gemstone and rough. SC for time. life, he should have done that at Miami. Should have done that at Miami. Don't yeah. But he is turned himself around, and I, I think we all know we all know one thing, Gerald. We we want to see this continue, and we also want to let it be known that everybody was behind Cam this whole way. We were skeptical, all of us, but we were all behind him. I'm and, still skeptical on his offense, but not mm-hmm. his defense anymore. You can see clearly that he is trying, he is motivated, and he is willing to be a defender that switches. Because if you play a switchable defense, he can play against a lot of other people. Absolutely. And Absolutely. hold his own. Exactly. Which, you know, if his, if his offense keeps progressing, you know, it makes him and uh, Vando on the floor a little a little more um, uh, digestible for, for Lakers fans, as opposed to uh, the idea, the, the knit that naked ambition at that we had at the beginning of the year that said, well, we can't play two non-shooters together with LeBron. Well, with Cam Reddish playing defense. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah. We're going to, fi- we're going to find out pretty quick. If when Vando get feet hit the skids, it's not going to be too long before those two guys are playing with LeBron and AD. And I'd imagine Gerald with him um, experimenting. That's obviously going to be a, a deal with uh, the two wings and LeBron and AD. Still so concerning when Evando, if he does get into the starting lineup, you know, you have, let's say you have D'Lo, Cam, Vando, LeBron and AD. You don't have shooters outside of D'Lo, you know. It's and if creaky, D'Lo's cold, it's a creaky offense. Yeah, if D'Lo is cold, oh my gosh, yeah, then it could really well. We got ugly today, so I, you know, we still are able to defense and transition. If we can do that well, then there you go. Uh, John in the chat and Facebook, a big shout out to all of our Facebook watchers and listeners. There's something to be said. That's Aussie, by the way. There's something to be said about pulling out close games. It builds belief. It does. It does, John. And, and, you know, we are so thankful that you're a great part of what we do at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break as well. And and it does create those kind of things where, because the Lakers have had some close losses this year, Magic Man. It's nice to see us get one in the win column for us that's this close. Yes, 100%, Gerald. I mean, you know, but that being said, most, most of these games in the NBA are close, about, you know, close to... I think 74, 75% of games are decided by eight points or less, Gerald. That's that's how fine the uh, the best league 
in the world is. And if you can win those close games, it it really it it bodes well because it it, it, it like the comment said, it's a test. That's true. I will say this. Um, you know, usually against a team like this, you'll take the win however you can get it. it, it those those one and two point wins, uh, you know, hard to gauge as well, Gerald, because they could go either. You know, that's a game that can go either way. So, yeah. it, tell you right now, though, looking forward to seeing some good things though with the Lakers as they head into a Tuesday night game at home against Utah and a back to back. Remember, they have back to back games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Utah at home and then Dallas at home the next day. We're going to cover it right here for you, the Lakers. But we got stuff planned for you all throughout the week. We have had a request to go back to school. So school will be in session before Thanksgiving for a Lakers History 101. Was it before Thanksgiving? You know, actually, we'll come up with something good. Tomorrow we'll probably hold a class for Lakers History 101. Sounds like a good time just before the Thanksgiving holiday season. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. Then don't forget Tuesday and Wednesday, we've got you covered right here. Pre-game also as well. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And then, of course, the best post game in town right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I want to give a big shout out to everybody on Facebook. A big shout out to everybody watching on YouTube. Cannot thank you enough for stopping by and checking out the game. Once again, the Lakers do win 105 to 104. But I do want to go ahead and stress, Magic Man, somebody that has been the continual ire of Adam, of Allen, and so many in the chat is Torian Prince. Uh, one of 11 for tonight, uh, 0 or 4 from 3, two points, two assists, minus six, or whatever that's worth. Uh, just absolutely was not good again. And this is a several series in a row that he has not been good, but the Lakers are unwilling to move him out of that starting lineup. Darvin Ham uh, is going to probably get increasing pressure to do so as Jared Vanderbilt gets closer and closer to getting healthy. Uh, I'm not sure I would start Vando that quickly because putting him in cold for the season you know, that might be a hard thing to do. I still want to say maybe try Rui Hashimura out there for a game or two before you go ahead and put Vanda back in. Your thoughts, my friend, but the starting lineup has to change because getting down consistently in first quarters is not a good thing to do. Yeah, uh, look, Gerald, after kind of a... I'm not going to call it a torrid start after three games. My goodness. After a, a pretty good start, his three-point shooting is in the toilet, Gerald. It's gone from it's gone from Mount Olympus to uh, at the at, you know, I know Norfolk dump has more gross tonnage, Gerald. But let's say the New York dump. That's okay. that's pretty much where his three-point shot is gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, we were talking about it earlier, Gerald. This one. Although his defense is not good and he should not be playing on guards at all, even though he's being, Ham says he's being played into it, there's no way Torian Prince should be asked to play, be guarding NBA guards at this point. It's just, it's, it's a crime against common sense. That being said, his hand is forced. His hand is forced. I don't buy it. Gerald doesn't buy it. A lot of Laker fans don't buy it. He's that's what he's selling, though. It's funny, he, DM Noy. I mean, that's a, it's a great imaginary trade. 
You got to get Rodell on me for saying that. That's crazy. So I won't say it, the trade, but uh, it's in the chat right there for you. Uh, unfortunately, well, you, you're going to have to give a lot of unprotected picks in order to get that to pull off. And, you know, I, I hate I hate to harp on this. I, I really do. But, uh, you know, as we pointed out yesterday, the, the league leader in three-point percentages of former Laker named Malik Beasley, who played under Darvin Ham. Now, KCP didn't, and he led the league in three-point shooting last year at this point in time. The problem is, is that Torian Prince is not making shots he normally makes, Gerald. That That's what's so hair-pulling about the situation. It, they're not different looks. They're not new looks. They're not looks he hasn't taken before. These are all looks that he has had in Minnesota, Brooklyn, in Atlanta, he, there's just not falling. I don't understand why. The spacing on most of his three-point shots aren't terrible. On some of them, like a, like some other Lakers, yes, it's bad. But for the most part, he gets time and space. They're just not falling, and that's a concern. Because if him is continually putting him in there still, he's obviously making them in practice. It's just not translating the games. But then again, they don't play for practice. Sorry. No. Apologies to Alan Iverson. You know, I see effectively that he's been struggling. You have to make a change because you're constantly down in the first. They've only what? How many first quarters have they won or tied? I think what? No, they tied once and then they won once. Twice. Is that correct? They, tied, they tied with Miami once and then beat Memphis once. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Zangerstein's still convinced it's a curse. I'm not convinced it's a curse. Okay, get Luke Kennard, Seth Curry, and Steph Curry on this team. And if they shoot bad, I will be in with you on the Lakers curse. And I will leave it at that. I'm <laughs> just telling you it's not a curse. Okay, the other team shot well. Dylan Brooks shot well from three tonight. I mean, the other team seems to shoot well from three. We need to shoot. I think a lot of it is, you know, in the case, it could be the spacing. But we've had open looks, my friend, and still they're missing it. So, you know, I, I just think it's it's some there's something in deeper why the Lakers are just not a good three point shooting team. It, there is something deeper. Yeah, Lakers is. tax, yeah, Lakers tax on trades. Dion, I don't, I don't think that the. Uh, it's also about what you're giving up. You have to give up a lot to get players like that because the players in Chicago are going to be wanted by so many other teams as far as the Levine, not as much because of his contract, but Caruso will probably be thought of and, and, and admired and uh, asked about and inquired about by almost any other good team uh, in the NBA right now. Yeah, abs absolutely. Gerald. And look, they're like at this point in time, you know, I, every team should have at least one player who's not 39, I'm prefacing this, who's not 39 years old, who's able to create for themselves and for others three-point opportunities. It shouldn't just be LeBron. And, you know, God bless him. D'Lo tries uh, on the pick and roll, but, Gerald, the foot speed just is not there enough to create opportunities where a defense has to collapse or then expand and then it it bursts. He, it's just the foot speed's not there. It's not like a De'Aaron Fox 
or a Tyrese Halliburton, and he just, frankly, he just doesn't have the the height or the virtue also of uh, of Luka Doncic. So it, it, it's 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 a combination of problems here that um, we need to figure we need to figure out internally. It's not going to come from the outside anytime soon. So they need to figure this out. It's it's and it's not the looks. The looks are good. They're just not falling. And where the looks are coming from is irrelevant. If the look is good, it doesn't matter where it came from. Absolutely. Brianna says Lakers could have signed Buddy Heald. He is the best. They could have traded for him back in the day in that failed Kuzma trade. We got, you know, he who shall not be named uh, instead. And, you know, that set the Lakers back. And as Joe said the other day, the Lakers are still feeling it from trading for that individual last year. So, yeah, we won't. Uh, it, it, it stretched us. It's yeah. really stretched us. Yeah, it did. And the Lakers are still trying to recover even to this day. But once again, the Lakers do win 105 to 104. The Lakers are now eight and six. They're sixth place in the Western Conference, even though I know it's early. But go ahead, my friend. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, no, Gerald, I was just going to say, based based on his performance, we mentioned it in playback. We saw what happened with Lonnie Walker last year, Gerald. He was yeah. he was in the lineup, then he was out of the lineup. Could you see uh, Torian Prince possibly becoming a banshee when it comes to this rotation if that defense does not at least just pick up a smidgen? If it's well, a the shooting thing is, is okay, there? let's say, okay, Vincent does not look like he's coming back until maybe the first of the year. It's looking more and more like that. Maybe he'll come back by middle December, but yeah, you know, when you talk about two weeks before they even decide what's going on, you know, with his knee, that's going to, he's going to be out a while. Vanderbilt, if he's getting closer to return, you know, and he plays well enough rotation, he essentially, you know, since Prince has struggled so hard, Somebody's going to have to fall to the wayside. And we already see Jackson Hayes get next to no minutes now in the rotation. I think when it comes to it, Prince is going to be that guy that's uh, persona non grata. That's the first choice I make because you can't let Cam Reddish go out of the rotation because he's playing so well on the defensive end. And then you've got Austin Reeves, who as a playmaker, essentially when he plays within himself, Obviously, you can see the benefits of that today, especially hitting a clutch three from almost half court. Not exactly the most well-designed shot on the planet, but hey, it got the job done. But yeah, you can see he's playing well. So when it comes right down to it, once Vanderbilt gets back in rotation and gets back in the lineup, it looks like, yeah, it looks like uh, it would be, as we saw and as we're going to think and as we're probably assuming, that uh, Prince will probably be the one that's sitting down. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Um, that there's a, like you have no other options here. I mean, we we brought him in here for a specific role to play, Gerald. He hasn't played that role well at all. Lonnie Walker. I, I'm just gonna say this: he's on a losing team, Magic Man, and he's getting a lot of opportunities, especially with Cam Thomas out of the lineup. So, I don't he, know. He, you know he, he he was Gerald, but to be to be fair, you know Jacques Vaughn was was giving him an opportunity to play, and it just turns out that you know Cam was playing well, Lonnie was playing well. Cam happened to get hurt, and now Lonnie's uh, swallowed up a lot of those minutes. You're right. 
Brooklyn's kind of uh, yeah, kind of uh, underwater right now. Uh, that that being said, he's playing well enough to for Laker fans to even pine about him, right, Gerald? I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah so credit to him. I <clears throat> I still think he's going to be a, a sixth man of the year candidate. You know, we'll see how Brooklyn does. I think they'll eventually turn it around a little bit here, but yeah, that's it. That one in particular was a little bit of a struggle, Gerald, because as much as Rui and and it was important for Austin to come back and D'Lo, two guys that got left out in the left out in the uh, the lurch there were Dennis and Lonnie Walker the fourth. Those were the two guys the Lakers didn't prioritize, and you know can't help but but see some of the play here. Why Laker fans are pining for them? I, I you know I can understand both sides of it. I will say this. They made their decisions at the time. Lakers fast break stood by what what they were doing. We really weren't quibbling about uh, about strongly keeping Dennis one way or the other or Lonnie Walker the fourth. And I could speak for Gerald on that as well. That being said, you know people are going to pine for them. The, they were both very good players. The Lakers can keep everybody. Yeah, but Lonnie is getting a lot more opportunities here that he would not get standing alongside LeBron and AD. Let's just be real about that. He's getting a lot more opportunities in Brooklyn to go ahead and make plays, make shots, and take shots right now. And once he got injured, a lot of people, I didn't hear or read a lot of the people out there that are commenting now how much they miss Lonnie. They missed, They didn't miss Lonnie when he got injured because he was struggling already by that time. And when he got back, nobody seemed to be you know, really too upset that he didn't get back in the rotation because by that time the Lakers had made the trades and were already having people in place there that were already a good part of the rotation. It was nice to see Lonnie get his flash of brilliance during the playoffs. But yeah, Lonnie is someone, we saw this thing last year where he was really sparking at the beginning of the season. Let's see if he can sustain it for a whole season because he's playing for another contract. So there could be very well be the case. Yeah, it, it it could be Gerald. I I will say, I will say this though, throughout that that entire year, uh, no better example of how to act like a professional than Lonnie Walker. Yeah, he didn't Agreed. sulk. He didn't sulk at all. He wasn't complaining, which is something I, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of um not it's not it's not trepidation about. It. It's more of a natural annoyance that somehow. I just feel that somebody like Prince would naturally just become annoyed or sulk at the idea that they're a persona non grata, even though the play dictates that, Gerald. Whereas opposed to somebody like Lonnie Walker or Dennis, who are playing like garbage, didn't really take it on the chin and really had a short-term memory about it as well, which is something I'd like to see, you know, Tori and Prince have right about now. Uh, Gerald, you know, he is not the athlete he once was, but you were right when you were talking about your three-point shot is just not there right now. So why don't you try and look or try and create opportunities for yourself at the rim? And maybe he figured that out. Maybe he didn't. But tonight was a, a better opportunity of him trying to find that. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. 
Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers winning 105 to 104, squeaking by with a last second free throw from LeBron James. Uh, Definitely good to see him close out the game. But, you know, Magic Man, uh, again, we head into a week where the Lakers have to win at least split. At least I'm not asking for 2-0. I'm asking for a split. Uh, Dallas just lost tonight so they're not going to be exactly the most thrilled guys and gals in the world uh when they come into you know as a as a team and they come into wednesday at the crypt so tuesday the lakers are going to go ahead and match up against utah first it's a back-to-back game we saw that scenario before last week two back-to-back home games didn't quite work out the way we planned it last week I'm going to just say, you know what? I'm not going to get greedy. I'm not going to get selfish. And, and, you know, this Thanksgiving, we give thanks. I'll give thanks if the Lakers just split their games in uh, in the homestand. I'll give thanks to Gerald. Um, You know, again, Utah coming in, you know, the win-loss record is a bit deceiving. They've lost. They got swept against Phoenix here, but they only lost by a combined six points. They're going to be coming in hungry. This is a dangerous team, uh, and the Lakers need to find a way to at least split. I agree. If they split, I'll be thankful. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. No, Dwight Howard is not going to be the answer for us right now. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a lot uh, he has to deal with legally-wise, and let him deal with that and go into retirement. And, and yeah, because I think the sun has already set on that. If Golden State who is the shortest team in the NBA, decided not to go ahead and pick him up. I think that speaks volumes for what's going on there. Uh, Yeah. uh, You know what, Gerald? At this point in time, this is who we got. Yeah. This is who we got. I mean, until... We're not making trades right now. Until the middle of January. Yeah. Yeah. Until at the earliest, maybe Martin Luther King Day, Gerald. that, That would be kind of... Maybe a, a move on the margins at, at that point, if not, you know, not necessarily a big one, so to speak, although it could happen. But other than that, this is the team we got for now. They got to find it. Tonight was better. Tonight yeah. was better. They won the rebounding battle. They held the Rockets to 34 boards, which is a really, a really, 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 really good effort, considering you got Jabari Smith, you got a parent Shingoon, you have Dylan Brooks. You have Fred Van Fleet. You have guys who could sneak sneak in and grab boards at will, and they managed to hold the fort tonight. So I was proud of them tonight, Gerald. Once again, it's the Lakers winning 105 to 104. But uh, before we head on out, Magic Man, as a guru of the NBA, uh, tell me your thoughts on some of the things going around in the league right now that we're seeing uh, the Nuggets are finding a little bit harder times without Murray in the lineup, but they're still nine and four. So I wouldn't hit the panic button there yet. 
76ers are 10 and 3, so they're still going strong. Joel Embiid is providing them obviously what he can provide them with with another great 30-point game. The the Thunder, the Thunder are hitting their groove right about now, Gerald. 10 and 4. Absolutely. I would say they're likely the best road team in the NBA. Um down 18 points in the Chase Center. Most teams would just fold up the 10 and say, all right, Gerald, next game. We'll get him next game. Nope. Not this crew. They came back. That was a great, that was a great effort by the, uh, the OKC Thunder. They showed a lot of resilience and a lot of guts. And, uh, that three point shot by Chet was just uh fantastic. Um, I will tell you though, that five and wins in a row for Oklahoma city, their time could be now. And they're probably one of the most dangerous teams because of all the assets Sam Presti may be forced to use some of those assets this season right there. In fact, you know what? If they want a Caruso, they could bid outbid anybody on Caruso or a Levine or uh, a DeRozan, you know, any one of these guys, you know, with Chet playing, Chet is now Zangerstein. Chet has now surpassed himself uh, and put himself in the lead as far as rookie of the year. Although, is it really fair? Because he had a whole season to work with the staff and whatnot. So, you know, really, if you argue for Wembyama, even though the San Antonio Spurs have been struggling, I won't, you know, I, I won't really go against you on that. But I'd probably lean Chet right now as far as my rookie of the year. Yeah, I would. I would too, Gerald. I would too. It just, it's, it's Chet. Like, you know, it at this point, it's 60 40 Chet. But he's really put it together, Gerald. I they found the right player to put around Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea and Chet really work well together, Gerald. Uh, yes, again, yesterday's game was their best game together as pros. Um, there and obviously it was only their their thirteenth game together. They're finding chemistry very quickly, um, and what can we say, Gerald? We 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 talked about one of the best. Uh, NBA head coaches tonight, Mark Dagnalt. Uh, I would put him as a top 10 NBA head coach as well. Uh, runs a great system. Um, Gerald, you're right though. Got to, got to figure out this, the, the, this rotation of riches that you have. You can, there's only one ball and you can only play five guys at a time. Like, so like Gerald said, if there's anybody with the assets to roll out and, and, uh, try and, uh, go all in it's sam presti dante i i agree with you love love my lakers he says nothing good to say about us though it's not pretty yeah they're not winning pretty but they are just get wins that's it dante just get wins just get wins i I love being the villain hated talked on saying say nothing good about the lakers just get wins again they're they're it wasn't pretty but they got the job done defense was the key tonight uh joe soro diem you know what? Joe was in the chat earlier, but I know he's been busy traveling this weekend. I know he was doing some things with family. So uh, definitely appreciate when he and, stops on by, but he, and, yeah. and he was, and, uh, no, I think he was ignoring Sean all day. Yeah, he was, he was. And that was on purpose. But that so was, I, I, let me ask you a question though, match man. Was that such a bad thing for you? Oh, I had a lovely day. There you go. <laughs> it was free. It was free of my the... point. Exactly. Of the sorrow headache. Uh, Rodell, no, no, Rodell. I'm going to, you're going to eat those words. 
Uh, he says, nobody is going to give up a first round draft pick for Caruso. I know OKC has like 100 first round draft picks. Yeah, they also have 125 second round draft picks, but they won't either. How much of an incorrect statement is that, my friend? Because there's a possibility that they could be, they're probably asking for two first round picks right now. According to Jake, according to Jake Fisher, Gerald, do we know is really tapped in? He's basically heard the same things that we have, that the Bulls are asking for two first round picks. Now, when you say two two first round picks, we're not de- we're not making declarations on what kind of picks they are. One yeah. could be unprotected. One could be high, heavily protected. Yeah. I, in that likelihood, that's still two first round picks. Everybody, that's yeah, still they could do the swap thing, thing or yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's so don't like don't parse words or get into. You know the kind of the the weed fake here. first or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's what the price is because that's what the price is for Drew Holiday. That's what the price was for Damian Lillard. That's what the price is for an All NBA guard, whether it's offense or defense. It's usually picks, 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 and more picks, Gerald. I'm just telling you right now that's what it's going to be. And 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 let's and let's not forget something. There were there was a there was an undisclosed team Rodell who was willing to offer the Toronto Raptors three first round picks for OG and Anobi. Now, would some people argue that Alex Grusso is a better defender than OG and Anobi, Gerald? I would. I would argue so, that. So I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna offer o, for OG for three and Drew Holiday for three and Dame for four, and look what Donovan Mitchell got, I think Caruso's minimum asking price is two. I'll tell you what though, the Lakers do win one hundred five to one hundred four. We're gonna go ahead and have a special Lakers history one hundred one tomorrow. Class will be in session before the Thanksgiving break. Then Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday, it's a back-to-back home game. So we'll be here pre-game, during the game, and post-game. We cover it like no one else. Uh, Bring back DS back. It's like we get rid of all these players. These play they complain for years, and all of a sudden they want them back. Alex Caruso is the one player nobody complained about that we were all mad that is gone. Yeah. And that's uh, good luck to see if we can get it back. I don't know. The price is going to be very high. I'll leave it at that. Oh, Matt Kurt says we could trade Palinka's secret, uh, secret of good hair and Max Lewis for Coor. So We could. We could, but I don't think that's going to fly very well, Kurt. But always great to have you back in your with your comments. Definitely the comedian indeed. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Magic Man, any thoughts on a Lakers victory or whatever you want to talk about before we head on out? Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's by a point or 40, man. A victory is a victory. A win's a win. Gotta love them. Gotta stack the wins. Absolutely. Gotta stack the wins. Stay above 500. Get back into the upper echelon of the Western Conference. The Lakers are six right now in the Western Conference. Eight and six records. By, the way, Gerald, by the way, Gerald, we were looking at, uh, at uh, the end of December before we get to 10 wins. We're looking to get to 10 wins before the start of December now. Yes, that would be a welcome addition indeed. And that was something that 
you know, it isn't the best of starts, but it is a much better start than last this time last year. That's for sure. Because yeah, it's not. This isn't a. This isn't a Dickensian Lakers season. It's the best of seasons. It's the worst of seasons. Diom said the best. A W is a W, and that is indeed. Kurt Affair says, I love Josh Giddy. He's only going to get better. Great court vision and attitude. Yes, uh, but if they want somebody better than Josh, just throw out those draft picks. Remember, they've got a ton of firsts and even more seconds. That's the scary part, Magic Man. They've got more seconds seconds than they've got firsts, and they've got a ton of firsts. So... We'll see what Sam happens. Sam Presti said that uh, that hot uh, dealer on the street, Jared. You like Armani jacket? You like? You like? See, six hundred dollar. I give to you three. Yeah, Armani. Armani with two E's. There you go. There you go, D. <laughs> well, once again, it's the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. We'll be back tomorrow for a special Lakers History One Hundred and One. And then we come back to you, of course, for the pregame on Tuesday. And then we go, of course, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for the game against Utah. Special shout out to Laker Nick, who always does such a fantastic job on our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break coverage. Always appreciate when he stops by with his busy schedule. Always appreciate when he stopped by when to talk Lakers. Black Friday deals like we did almost the whole entire time. I was trying to get the stress off from the Lakers and how bad they played offensively by talking Black Friday. So that's what we did. We had a great time. Again, everybody that joined us there, truly appreciate it. But join us on Tuesday for that game and then the best post game in town, Tuesday and Wednesday, coming up right at you here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glass. Dante says, ugliest path Lakers had to a championship. Uh, We could talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, we can. Mm -hmm. We could talk about a lot of things tomorrow. As we go back to school for Lakers History 101, we'll talk about something in Lakers history and Lakers culture, but definitely it's not been the prettiest path so far. Well, hopefully it gets better, and hopefully it'll start this week. But we'll be here to cover it all right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 